0: Lots of excitement in the market around the economy as well as the political events over the last week. But right now there's another big event that usually gets more attention at the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference. So let's check in on the latest. Brad Longcar is the CEO at Longcar Investments and of course he's been tuning in. Brad, welcome back to the show. So are we going to talk some non vaccine stuff today? What's the most exciting company and pharma right now that's not making a COVID vaccine?
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference is the Super Bowl of biotech. It always kicks off the year for us. Like the actual Super Bowl, Unfortunately, it was a little subdued this year. There wasn't as much news, but there was still a few interesting things and a few interesting stock movers. So the biggest by far, especially from a market cap pers- uh, perspective, was Eli Lilly, and mm-hmm. they had an Alzheimer's announcement. So Alzheimer's sadly has been a mystery for decades. Uh, We don't really know how to treat it or even really what causes it. And the main theory uh, over recent years has been something called the amyloid hypothesis. There are proteins that build up in your brain called amyloid plaques. And the pharmaceutical industry has been trying to treat Alzheimer's by developing drugs that clear those out. Mm. And the same thing happens again and again. There will be an interesting signal from an early stage study, and then sadly, a big failure in a late stage study. So Eli Lilly on Monday announced an early stage success. Uh, and uh, their drug, don, 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 Donanumab, um, is one of those animal, amyloid clearing drugs. And the stock was up over $10 billion. So. Given the history here, I'm very skeptical of, of the stock move here, but another one to watch in concert with this is Biogen because they have an amyloid drug in front of the FDA right now, and the decision on that is supposed to come out by March. I Think the general consensus is we all think that FDA is not going to approve it, but the fact that there was something positive from the amyloid side of things. Uh, definitely, is maybe a little bit of a boost for Biogen that maybe mm. FDA will will view that as a positive sign for the class, but. My guess is it's still gonna get rejected, so you've gotta be careful with these stocks because there's been a lot of heart, heartbreak with amyloid yeah. hypothesis in the past.
0: Well, that was the first thing I did when I saw the Eli Lilly news was check Biogen, and I was kinda of surprised to see that it was stable, but uh, to your point here, not being viewed as like a competitive threat because neither of them really are um, you know, high probability, you know, events yet. Um, we we hope, obviously. So, is there a distinct, obvious difference between Eli Lilly's approach versus Biogen's to where uh, they could have a degree of success that Biogen hasn't been able to achieve yet?
1: Yeah, Lilly believes that they clear the amyloid a little faster and they're testing theirs in a little bit at an earlier stage of the disease, which is very smart because to tackle Alzheimer's, for sure, we've got to get at it earlier. Um, But I definitely wouldn't view it as competition. I would view it as a good thing. There's so much skepticism about this amyloid hypothesis that if you have another company suggesting that um, there may be some some fact um, behind the science of this, then that would be a positive for for biogen so it actually did get a, a little bit of a bump uh, on monday when lilly had its positive news but again you know st- stock investors especially have have been burned um, by this class of drugs many times over decades and I would be very skeptical of both of them, but they were definitely the big news makers on Monday um, and and the talk of the conference, that's for Mm. sure.
0: Okay, now Eli Lilly having a little follow through after the pop, we see that there's not a big reversal. Uh, It seems like the market's pretty happy with these results so far. Uh, It hasn't faded too much as we see some gains again today. Brad, in terms of uh, company news, A lot of times in this uh, event, this conference, there's M&A, there's uh, big uh, merger talk. It seems like from uh, your takeaway, there wasn't a lot of that this time, but you do see potentially one deal that investors should be looking out for. Walk me through it.
1: Yeah, there really was a lack of those partnership uh, type news announcements this year, but there was one that was pretty big. It was a company called Beijing. So that's actually a China-based company, but they're really going global. And they have a cancer medicine, it's in a class called PD-1 inhibitors, and they've licensed that to Novartis for a really sizable upfront payment, $650 million. And then they'll earn milestones and royalties on top of that. So Novartis is gonna develop this cancer drug in North America, Europe, and Japan. And the thing that I think is interesting about this is, I would really circle Beijing as a company that has a chance to be in a few years the next Amgen or Celgene. Mm. And what I mean by that is a big multinational uh, biotech company. So it already has a $26 billion valuation. And the fact that Novartis, which actually was developing a PD-1 drug of its own, is in licensing the science from uh, Beijing, I think says a lot about uh, the quality of the work that's happening at Beijing today. So I would really watch this over the next coming years to be a global leader in biotech on the scale of some of the biggest companies we think of, like, you know, Regeneron and Amgen. So that was my takeaway from that piece of news
0: okay so there is a little uh m a here and uh speaking of novartis also the company has uh, talked about uh, looking at gene editing in some more depth this has been one of the hottest areas again it seems like of all the pharma plays Apart from the vaccine uh, plays like Moderna, it's been gene editing that's gotten wrapped up in some of the frothy market action lately. What do you make of this, Brad? I mean, you've been following this uh, story now for years, but it seems like right now the market has decided it's one of the hottest things out there, EVs and 3D printing and uh, gene editing thrown into the mix too.
1: Yeah, I have to say, I really think that it's a little too hot right now. I think this is actually a bubble area within biotech and that you have to be very careful. Um, So genomics stocks and especially CRISPR stocks are red hot right now. They've all done great. They've had huge inflows from ETFs and also generalist investors who are hearing about this term CRISPR in the news. They're just throwing money at these companies. And I think by far, they were really a disappointing group at JP Morgan. And the reason for that is While the technology of CRISPR is very exciting, it's very far from making an impact in clinical trials and approved drugs. And we saw that when these companies announced their pipelines today. So for example, there's a CRISPR base editing company called Beam that has a $6 billion valuation right now this company is still a year away from starting its first trial in humans, and they're going wow. into a space sickle cell disease, where there's tons of competition. All of these companies are going after the same diseases, sickle cell and beta thalassemia, mm. and uh, I don't the, I don't think the the reality of the years and years of work they have ahead of themselves really match up from a risk reward standpoint with the current valuation. So. This has been by far the hottest area of biotech, especially over the last three or four months. I think there's a little bit of a bubble and uh, I, I think there's a good chance that we're gonna see a sell-off in those types of stocks at some point this year. You know, you never know when sell-offs will start. Could be tomorrow morning, could be six months from now, but right. uh, for sure, uh, I, I don't think the the stock valuations matches up with the, the reality on the ground.
0: Ninety eight bucks Beam is trading at was uh, twenty dollars below it uh, earlier in the year, so clearly there's a lot of anticipation here. And it sounds like Brad, there's uh, a lot of companies going after the same thing, which I think is an important point that uh, just kind of uh, you know laypersons like myself who aren't you know in depth in the industry may not realize that this technology is specifically being used to target a few diseases that you're talking about right now as being uh, the ones most prone to possibly getting solved by this tech. So maybe a limited amount of uh, you know, uh, uh, options for where these companies can go. Hey, Brad, uh, before we let you go, though, even though I love talking about this non-vaccine story for once, close us out on the latest. Uh, what are we looking at in terms of who's, frankly, at this point, can we talk about money uh, with this now? I mean, who's really going to be able to benefit from this from a stock perspective?
1: Well, I think with JPM in the rearview mirror, that vaccines are going to be the next major headline again, and the company to circle, I think, is Johnson and Johnson. So, mm. they've said that they're in the final stages of analyzing the data from their big U.S. study, and this one is of huge importance because Johnson and Johnson is really the only company that has a one-dose strategy. You're seeing in the news everywhere all the complications of rolling these vaccines out and uh, it makes it twice as difficult when you have to come back a month later for your second dose. So we've all got our fingers crossed that uh, J&J is gonna succeed with this one-dose strategy and that news will be coming out, could be any day now. And then you also have AstraZeneca, uh, I'm pretty skeptical about that one, but they have a big U.S. study that's gonna read out uh, sometime later this month. And uh, of course, we're cheering for them all to succeed because the more supply that we have, um, the easier it'll be to roll all of this out on top of the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines that are already out there today.
0: Okay, so maybe a, a third player coming into the mix here J&J. and uh, maybe a single shot, right? Possibly, Is that still a possibility that they could uh, pull that off? I sure hope so. I, I, I think it's probably unrealistic
1: to expect it to be ninety five percent effective, like we've seen with uh, the moderna and Pfizer vaccines. Mm-hmm. But if you can have a one dose vaccine, at uh, like seventy percent effectiveness, uh, that's that's great. I mean, that would be good enough. and um, that to have that uh, the ease of rolling that out would really make a big difference because we're in a race against time. Um, you've seen in the news some of these new variants cropping up. We need to get as many people vaccinated uh, as quickly as possible so we can you know really
0: stop this uh, before we get another wave. Okay, Brad, good stuff. Uh, really uh, like the deep dive here. A nice break from some of the intraday action and take a look at the big pharma stories. Appreciate the report, Mr. Long Car CEO at Long Car Investments. Always a thorough look here, a little bit of a heads up, a little bit of a warning for some of the big bumbly action in the gene editing companies. A heads up potentially for some more deal activity coming.